0: I'm master at life and weight loss coach, Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. So I ended up doing some switching around of content and topics. And because I have been talking about how do we overcome procrastination and overwhelm and get unstuck when it comes to doing the things that we want to do, I've talked about it on a couple of different podcasts, radio shows, summits. So now I want to bring that here to the podcast, because like I say, We don't eat in a vacuum. We eat because of our emotions. It's not because of traffic or an argument or our kids. We eat because we have thoughts about those circumstances, and then those thoughts create a feeling, and the feeling is what drives us to seek a sense of relief. And so, I think this is just a, an important thing to start to, to work on because, again, it's not just about food and weight loss. We have to look at are we creating the life that we want to create? And are we going out there and doing and accomplishing the things that we want to do? And some of them, even though might seem really good, they might also be very scary. Just like with weight loss, writing a book, starting a podcast, applying for a new job, getting married, or getting divorced, there are things that we're going to feel like this is a good decision. It's the right thing to do, it's something I want to do do, and yet we can procrastinate and feel overwhelmed and feel stuck. And so I want to take you through and just help you to understand why this is happening and then give you a process to actually work through it. We have to just recognize our brains are trying to keep you safe. So if you've ever found yourself procrastinating and reaching for a snack instead of working on a project, maybe you're reaching for a snack at the end of the night because you don't want to go to bed because you didn't get enough done. But that snack actually, whether you end up doing more things because because you're staying up later, or it just creates a little sense of relief, a little sense of pleasure, joy, comfort, relaxation. We now find, okay, I can go to bed now. But really, we haven't ever changed the conversation going on in our head. We've only put a Band-aid on it. Maybe you procrastinate clean. This is something that I noticed I started doing last year. I traded in my procrastinate snacking and then I started procrastinate cleaning. And I noticed that I might vacuum my uh, my office because Caleb was going to be here in here playing on the floor. The dogs had been in here. There was hair everywhere. So I was like, all right, I want a clean place for him to play while I do something, whether it's record an episode or do something on the computer. So let me just vacuum really quick. And then okay, let me just vacuum the hallway outside of my office. And it's right here. And now we're to the kitchen and, oh, you know what? I do just need to vacuum the whole first floor. It'll be pretty easy. The vacuum's already out. Let me just go ahead and do it. And then the first floor is done. And then you might as well do the second floor. The first floor is done. So it can feel like it's very productive in our procrastination because we're getting things done. But the key here is that we're not getting things done that move the needle. We're not actually doing what we intended to do with that time. So that's why we really want to focus on what is it that's going on here? What's happening? Because that's how we can feel stuck and frustrated in life because we're not actually out there achieving and creating the results that we want. And so we end up with this cycle. And so we feel overwhelmed or confused about what to do or how to do it. So then we put it off. We procrastinate. And then we feel behind or we feel pressured to have to hurry up and catch up or figure it out or do it. And then we feel overwhelmed. And now we're right back to where we started, feeling overwhelmed and then procrastinating and putting it off because we feel overwhelmed and we don't know. A lot of times it's, I don't know what to do or how to do it. And we just get stuck in this loop over and over again. And so we want to recognize that one of the biggest obstacles keeping you stuck and swirling is the fear of what other people are going to think about you. What are they going to think after you lose the weight? Have people started making comments about how you're eating differently and, oh, you're too good for us now? There can be a lot of projected thoughts and fears of other people that are now placed on you. There might be fear around what will they say about my photos or my artwork or this message or the fact that I'm dealing with anxiety or depression or something else. We can put off bigger projects if you want to get a new job, or maybe it's a whole new career field. Maybe you want to write a book. You want to start doing classes or lessons or cooking more. And we have the best of intentions, but then we're afraid of what are these other people going to think of us? What are they going to think um, of what I'm putting out there, of of this creative endeavor that I'm on? And so we end up falling into the trap of people-pleasing, perfectionism, watering down and filtering our message, trying not to ruffle any feathers, stay within the lines, And ultimately, what we're trying to do is control what other people think and feel about us. At the end of the day, that's what's happening. And we cannot do that. And that's beautiful, right? Because you are not responsible for anyone else's thoughts or emotions. You cannot make somebody feel bad. You cannot make somebody feel guilty. You you do not have that power. Only they do. And so all you can do is take responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, right? But this is normal. This is how every brain is wired. Remember, our brain has two parts. We have our thinking part of our brain in the front. This is our prefrontal cortex. It's right behind your forehead. (laughs) And then in the back, at the base of your skull, where it connects to your neck, that's where we have our habit brain, okay? So, The thinking brain is where all of the logic, reasoning, problem-solving, analytical, um, language, willpower, all of that is housed in the thinking brain. And that's how we often make plans. That's how we make plans to write books, to apply for jobs, to find a new career, to lose weight. That's the thinking part of our brain. The problem is that most of our action, most of our thoughts, most of our feelings stem from our habit brain. And your habit brain is designed to keep you safe and alive. So it wants to seek pleasure and avoid pain via the path of least resistance, and it's real or perceived pain, physical, mental, or emotional pain. So we want to understand this because at the end of the day, when we keep procrastinating on things that we want to be doing and we want to get done and things that seem like they're so good, I want it so bad, we have to understand and recognize what is not safe about it. And only then can we really start to break through some of these plateaus and these p- places where we feel stuck and stagnant and overwhelmed and just spinning. Because life is 50-50. We are going to have 50% positive emotions, 50% negative. And it took me a while to to accept this. I was like, oh, really? Don't you think we could be like 80-20? Okay, maybe I'll give you 70-30. But I really don't want more than 30% negative in my life. I, I don't want to handle that. I don't want to deal with that. I can't handle that. Because we have a lot of drama about the negativity, about how extreme it is, how bad it is, how uncomfortable it is. We have such a hard time dealing with negative emotions. It is no wonder we are emotionally eating. Of course, we're going to be reaching for a snack to make us feel better because we are so afraid of feeling anything negative. And the moment anything comes up where we might feel uncomfortable, it's, whoop, don't do that. Don't want to go there. That sucks. That's not a place we want to be. So your brain wants to keep you safe, not just from you. Or your own thoughts, your own judgment, but judgment and thoughts from other people. And so we just want to have that awareness and that compassion that your brain has simply made that connection when it comes to food of like, food can solve my emotions. Cleaning (laughs) will solve my emotions. Getting other things done on my to-do list will solve my emotions. And some people have well-intentioned advice when they say, do what's easy. We'll just take that 87 item to-do list and just start with what's easy. But what ends up happening is we do all the easy stuff. We do the stuff that feels safe, that feels certain, that we feel confident and know how to do and we don't actually go after the big dreams and goals for our life. We don't start tackling some of those bigger things where there might be doubt, fear, uncertainty, risk. But we don't actually put ourselves in a position to focus and give that the time and attention. We're too busy wasting our time with all the shit that's easy instead of focusing on what is it that I really want to be doing and really getting clear on why. I think that is such a a powerful thing to recognize is why is this important to me? Why is it important that you lose weight? Why is it important that you find a new job or a new career? Why is it important to write a book or launch a podcast or run a marathon or a Tough Mudder race or whatever it is that you feel like you just continue to procrastinate on? Why is this important? And what I think we need to be very mindful of is because a lot of times we think once I've done that, Then I'll feel this way about myself. Then I'll think these things about myself. Once I lose the weight, then I can be happy with myself. Then I can think nice things. Then I'll feel confident. Then I'll feel proud. Then I'll feel happy. Then I will get to feel the way that I want to feel. Once I have this new job, once I'm making more money, then I get to think these things about me. That is ultimately what is happening here. And so we just want to start to understand why is it valuable and really getting clear on, okay, If these thoughts, if that's how I'm going to feel and think about myself in a year once I've accomplished this goal, why can I not start thinking those now? What's the problem? I don't have to earn positive self-talk. I don't have to earn feeling good. I get to feel proud. I get to feel confident. I get to feel the way that I want to feel about myself today. It is optional, and it is my option. Nobody gets to tell me how I get to feel and how I get to think. Remember? I can't control your emotions and you can't control mine. I get to feel that way. And so this is the, the core thing here is we want to understand beyond now. I, I think it'll make me happy or I think it'll, I'll feel more proud or I feel more confident or these things will happen. It's like what else? Let's really get to some of these deeper things that's the real driving force here. So I noticed with my podcast, for example, in launching it, I started procrastinating on writing the first four episodes. And there were a lot of thoughts around this idea of, am I saying the right thing? This may not apply to every single person on the planet. There are always those outliers. How do I please everyone? And it came down to, I have to say the right thing. And there was a lot of pressure. And when there's a lot of pressure to take an action, or there's a lot of pressure on how it has to be right, or we have to do it the right way. Now we are far less likely to do it because there's a lot at stake. We put a lot of pressure on something, and now if we get it wrong, you are done for. (laughs) You're done, sir. You're done. Like, no more. And so it's not just our own criticism and judgment that we're afraid of and we're worried about and trying to avoid, but now it's judgment and criticism from other people as well. This is why it's so important. This applies to weight loss. This applies to every single other area of your life, though. We really want to start to understand, why am I not taking action and doing the things that I say I want to do? And it's important here that we look at at, and break down and categorize tasks. What can you delegate and give to somebody else? What can you eliminate and just take off the plate altogether? And what are the things that you feel like only you can do? What is required by you? If I'm going to record a podcast, I have to record the podcast. Nobody can tell me how to do that. If I'm going to write a book or my journal, (laughs) it's my words. I have to be the one who writes the book. It's my story. All I can do is have compassion now when my habit brain and my little mini me, little jilly bean is like, but what are people going to think about me? What are they going to think? Or I don't want people to feel bad. I'm afraid. That other people might feel bad because of what they said, what they didn't do, maybe the fact that I was struggling and they didn't see it or they weren't able to help me. There's that fear underneath it all. There's a real reason, a very clear reason as to why I keep procrastinating on certain tasks. And, and we, what I want to talk about today is really around those tasks that only you can do. No one else can lose weight for you. No one else can help you start a new career. No one else can help you start a business. You have to be the one to do that. Okay, so those are the tasks. There are gonna be tasks that we procrastinate on that we can start to look at, how do I outsource this? How do I have somebody else do it? How do I let go and just recognize that I can't control everything and everyone and that done is better than perfect? So if somebody else is gonna do it and they're only gonna do it 80% as good as I am, that's okay because it still gets done. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the level or the standard that I think it should. It's gonna get done so we can delegate things. We can delegate things around the house, like cooking dinner, for example. If I cook Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Hubby cooks Tuesday, Thursday, we have this agreement on, hey, you are in charge of dinner on Tuesday and Thursday. And you know what? If he wants to cook a frozen pizza every Tuesday and Thursday, that is his choice. It is not for me to go and micromanage what he's doing and how he's doing it. I get to be thankful and grateful that he's making food. And he's feeding the baby. We have to recognize that and let go of those strings and that attachment as to what's there. And then looking at what can you eliminate? What doesn't need to get done? But this is great because we can start to look at where can we hire help? Where can we ask for help with family, friends, spouse, kids? If your kids are starting to get older and they're able to help you with things. We can look at can you get a family assistant, a babysitter, a nanny, somebody even just doing services like grocery delivery is huge. I know, oh, I can just put things in my car and then somebody drops them off. That's wonderful. I love those sorts of things. Like technology these days has made it so simple and so easy. We can buy pre-washed, chopped, prepped food. We can have food that's made. We can get ingredients for recipes shipped. We can get just whole meals delivered. And you would be surprised at how easy it is to have somebody like a family assistant come in at a very affordable rate, be able to manage a variety of things, like any kind of personal tasks, cooking, light cleaning, light childcare, driving the kids around. It is not that expensive and it's not that difficult. And you can easily find college kids, especially over the summer. You can find other students who are looking for part-time jobs. They don't want a -a 40-hour-a-week job. They want something that's maybe five or 10 hours a week. They want something that can be flexible. Okay, so this is an opportunity where we can start to get creative and look at how do I solve for what I keep procrastinating on. Let me walk you through this three-step process though because I wanna really look at those things, those projects, those tasks, the, the big dreams and goals that we have that we want to be accomplishing, that we keep putting off and we keep saying, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And it just never comes off the to-do list. You do not have to try to earn your value and earn your worth and earn feeling good based off of how much you do and how much you accomplish. So three-step process. Let's dive in. I'll also put a link in the show notes so that you can go and you can download this and you'll have it available. So number one, we start with getting curious. Now, this is going to be a journal exercise. And we want to write this all out. We want to put it on paper. And I want to be able to easily go back and look through it. I want to be able to look at everything. So that's why I really encourage you, even if you don't want to start journaling every day, which, hey, I really believe wholeheartedly that this is an essential piece. This is something we want to start to do more of. You might be in a place where you're like, you know what, that's a new habit. I'm not so sure about that. I don't have time. I can't get into it. But I can start with once a week. And allow once a week to be good enough. Allow yourself to journal and to do this when you feel stuck or you feel like you're procrastinating, even if it's not every day, okay? But this is going to be an important piece that we want to use because this is how we see the subconscious thoughts that are holding you back in any area of life. So step one, we get curious. What are all my thoughts and feelings about this task, project, or event? We want to get clear. What is it that I'm putting off? What are all my thoughts? What are all my feelings? So this is what I call a thought download. We are just downloading everything out of our brain. What's coming up for you? And a great place to start is what am I afraid of? Because even with those hopes, dreams, and goals, there will be a downside that your brain is trying to protect you from. There is a fear there. There is something that, that's going to hold you back. Well, I'm not sure what other people are going to think. What other people are going to say. Maybe my friends won't like me. I'm not going to be able to commiserate. I used to, or people have already made rude comments in the past. I get unwanted attention. There's a variety of, of reasons and we would just want to put it all down on paper. Okay. So write everything down that comes to mind. Don't censor yourself. Don't filter. Don't try to get it right. Don't look for the one right answer. Just start writing. When I think about starting this podcast, what is it that I'm thinking? What comes to mind? What comes out? When I think about writing this journal and sharing it with people, what comes to mind? This is an important piece because we want to just bring awareness to what's really driving our inaction. We have our think-feel-act cycle. I have thoughts that drive my feelings. The feelings then drive my action or inaction. So if I am not taking action, it's because of a feeling, and that feeling is because of a thought. There's a thought driving it. This is how we're going to start to see it all out is we're going to write everything out, get it all out of your head. Don't let it swirl around there like a game of pinball. And usually for me, it comes out at 3 a.m. <laughs> and I like, can't stop thinking about things. Okay, so that's step one. We just get curious. No shame, no judgment. We just get curious. Step number two is now we want to become the detective. So we want to pick one primary unintentional thought that feels the strongest. It feels like the driving force. What feels like the biggest one, the, the most emotional one? What's really there? And we want to pick one primary feeling that's created with that thought. So when I thought about my podcast, it was, I have to say the right thing. It was the first four episodes, and it was, I have to say the right thing. And it has to be applicable and be liked by everyone. It can't receive any criticism or any judgment whatsoever. Like, totally realistic. I know. (laughs) And the feeling that created was pressure. There was a lot of pressure to have to say the right thing. I want people to like me. I want this to be a success. I want to prove that this wasn't a waste of time. I want to appeal to everyone. Because when I say the right thing, this now is what happens. And if I don't say the right thing, then this is what happens. So that was the driving force as to why I was feeling stuck and so wishy-washy and going back and forth on what are these first four episodes going to be. And then we pick the feeling. So the feeling was pressure. And then we want to look at what specifically do you do when you have this thought and feeling? So when I feel pressured, of like, I have to say the right thing. I have to get it right. I'm doing all kinds of things. I, I still will procrastinate sometimes, but I typically have traded in my procrastinating snacking for procrastinate cleaning. And I will productively procrastinate. I will do nearly every other thing on my agenda. I will clean my office. I will vacuum the floors. I will put away the dishes. I will make food. I will run errands. I will bathe the dogs. I will do all these things. And we want to just get really clear. What is it. If you clean, what are you cleaning? Are you organizing your inbox? Are you organizing your office? Are you organizing Dropbox? Are you rearranging things? Are you focused on a different task? And it's, oh, instead of doing this podcast or writing this journal or making these edits, you know, I really have to do social media posts. So I, I should just go do those. Let me do something that's on my to-do list anyways. Let me do what feels easy and feels safe. And I will go and do that. Maybe you scroll through social media. Do you grab a snack? We want to start to look at what is coming up. What do we do instead? So for me, I would second guess myself. I would sort my inbox. I would check email. I would work on other projects, might grab a snack. I'd wait for the right circumstances, just the right circumstances. The baby had to be asleep. I needed a sitter. It needed to be peace and quiet. I needed the right desk setup and the right ambiance. I need the right circumstances. Again, we want to go on this fact-finding mission. You are the detective here. There's no judgment. There's only curiosity. And we just want to get clear on what is happening. Step three now is that we become intentional. And we start with an intentional thought. So we had our unintentional thought. That's just what's running on autopilot. It's your brain trying to keep you safe. So now what is one intentional thought you can think that feels true and it combats the doubt, fear, or worry of the unintentional thought? Okay, so this is where most mantras go wrong is they try to just give you pretty thoughts to think. And you either don't believe them or it doesn't combat the fear, doubt, or worry. So we want to try on new thoughts like we might try on a pair of jeans. We're going to have to try a few on and see, how does this fit? Is this really comfortable? Do I like this? And then we want to take that same approach of there is no one right thought. There is no one thing. We want to start to play with different things. But it's important that you come up with the intentional thought. It has to be believable for you, and it's going to be so much more powerful when it comes from your own brain. So these thoughts need to be believable and true. So for me, when it's I'm like creating thoughts that I want to work on believing and I want to believe about myself, if I tell myself I'm changing the diet industry, my brain is like, no, you're not. Like <laughs> It's like – How many people are subscribed to your email list? How many people listen to your podcast? Really? You really, you're not changing the diet industry, girl, please. Again, brain's trying to keep me safe. It might also be like, who do you think you are? No, you're not. But like, we just want to listen for it. If I say I'm changing the diet industry and that's that's a goal, that's a vision. I am working on believing that and getting to a point where that is believable and it feels true and it's a part of my identity. But right now, what feels believable and true is I am changing people's lives that the simplest of words, the simplest of concepts, just a single sentence can radically change somebody's life. And when I focus on that, when I take my focus off of, I have to say the right thing. And I now focus on my simple words, a simple sentence will change someone's life. There's no pressure to have to say the right thing. So now it's believable And it also combats the doubt and that fear. When it comes to combating that fear or that doubt, if my thought is, I have to say the right thing, I don't want to tell myself, I'm a badass at making money. When my thought is, I have to say the right thing. It's like, okay, but that still doesn't help with this over here. It has to be applicable and it has to be relatable to the, the situation at hand. So it has to be believable and true and it has to combat the fear or the doubt that was there to begin with. Okay, so again, try not to use this against yourself. Just be aware of how this works. Just be aware that we want to find something that feels true. It feels believable. It's the next best step. What's the intentional thought that I want to be thinking about myself and about this project, about this task? And sometimes it helps to go back to your why of like, why do you really want this? What is the deep underlying reason? we can then start to look at, okay, what's the next best step you can take? What's the small, simple action that you can take next? For me, it meant not consuming any content, not going for a walk. I'm just going to commit when I know that when I speak, I change lives and that it doesn't have to be this profound, deep prophetic word, that my simple words will change lives. When I truly believe that, Now I can just go through and I can start to outline and say, okay, here are four topics that I feel very strongly and passionate about. Here are the four things that I would love to talk about in these episodes. And I'm not putting the pressure as this is going to make or break the podcast. This is what does it. No, that's not how it works. So we want to look at what's the next best step. So for me, it was writing down titles, outlining, starting to record. Those were the next steps. That's what it looked like. And we start to take action. And write down those intentional thoughts. Have a list of thoughts that you can go back to and you can remind yourself of to get back into belief, to get back into confidence. Because it's natural that we are going to fall out of belief and fall out of confidence throughout the day. That's how our brains are wired. That's how they work. It's just not a habit right now for most of us. Now, just because we do this once doesn't mean that this is done and gone forever. We still wanna be aware of what's gonna come up for you. So you might find that as you're procrastinating, it might be that you realize after a few weeks of procrastinating, you're like, ah, I still have this thing to do. Okay, let me figure it out. And then it might turn into after a few days of procrastinating. And then it might be that you start to catch yourself in the procrastinating action of vacuuming the house or doing the dishes or scrolling through social media or whatever else it might be. We start to catch ourselves in the action and then we start to catch ourselves in the emotion and we start to be aware and on the lookout for it. I've talked about pressure before. Pressure is one of those things where I'm always on the lookout for, am I putting a lot of pressure on myself? Am I putting pressure to say the right thing or to post the right thing or to have the right words? It's, and this is where I was using the, when I speak, I change lives against myself is it was like, now I have to be mindful that I'm not putting extra pressure on myself to make these life changing revolutionary podcasts every week or life changing magical Facebook posts each week. You know, that was another thing that I started to see was getting back into belief of, hey, my simple words, one simple sentence. What feels like simple and easy and a no brainer for me can totally change somebody's life completely, put them on a complete different trajectory. And it's really interesting when we think about like a plane flying, right? If you leave LA and it's flying towards New York, a one degree shift at the very beginning now has you landing in Miami instead of in New York, right? One small, simple shift, 1% change can lead to incredible results. We've got to let it compound over time. We've got to start somewhere. And we start by making it small and actionable. We get to work. We put one foot in front of the other. What is the next best step I can take? Not what's 10 steps down the road. Let's not focus on what we can't control or the uncertainty of the future. Let's just look at what is my next best step. And again, no shame and no judgment when you catch yourself procrastinating. Okay, this is when your little mini-me just needs a hug. You need to recognize and see, oh, like for me, it's little Jilly Bean. She just feels scared. She wants to be accepted. She's afraid of what other people are gonna think of her. And that's okay. I know that feels scary right now. And you know what? We can feel the fear. We, we can allow it. We can acknowledge it. And we can take action anyways. We can choose to, to take action even if we don't feel 100% awesome all the time. We can still do hard things. So that is my process. This is something that uh, I work on with clients, and this is really what's going to move the needle for you. This is how we start to break these cycles, break these habits and these patterns, is we want to bring the awareness about what is really happening underneath the surface, even for those good things, the big hopes and dreams and goals for our life. And if you're feeling stuck or you feel like you're constantly procrastinating, constantly putting things off, and you'd like some extra time and attention and get somebody else's brain problem solving with you, then I would love to chat. So I have free Get Unstuck calls that I'm doing all this month, and it's an opportunity for you to work through one specific problem and one specific issue with me on the line And we're going to actively go through it. And we're going to look at what is the real obstacle? What is the real challenge? What is it that is truly holding you back? And now how do you work through it? How do you overcome that and start moving forward? This is what I do when it comes to weight loss. But this is how I help other women solve for the problems in their life as a whole. This is how we start to look at these other big dreams and accomplishments that we want to be pursuing. We have to understand and recognize that there will always be fear with anything That we haven't done or we don't have proof for or that's exciting and thrilling. But we're going to have that fear of what if I'm not good enough? What if I don't make the cut? What if it's not going to happen? What if I'm not really as good as I think I am? There's all kinds of things that can hold us back. But this is our one life. It's not just about the body. Y'all know that. I'm not just about food and body and losing weight. It's about creating a life that you 100% freaking love. That's what we want to be doing here is really focusing on creating a life that we love. Because when we have joy and adventure and peace and pleasure and comfort in our lives as a whole, I am now no longer searching for it at the bottom of a bag of chips. I'm no longer searching for it at the bottom of a tub of ice cream. Because I'm creating a life where food is no longer my main source of pleasure, joy, relaxation, fun, adventure. That's the whole point of this. That's why I weave in all these life coaching topics. So if you would like some help with that, then I would love to chat. And if you, this is something that you want someone in your corner with on a consistent, regular basis where we can be working on this week after week so that you can accomplish your goals, then I would love to talk with you more about what it would look like to work together. So you can visit bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. Find a day and time that works for you and get on my calendar because having a coach in your corner is life-changing because A coach is there as like a detox for your brain. It helps you get out of your own way to get unstuck and to finally start taking the action that you want to be taking and pursuing the goals and dreams that you truly have for your life. But we have to stop playing in the past. We have to stop sitting with all the reasons as to why we can't do it or maybe we're not cut out for this. And this is the value of a coach. This is what a coach can do for you. Having somebody who can show you that's a thought, which means that is optional. So stop choosing to think shitty thoughts about yourself. It's optional. Stop thinking that. It's very simple. But what is simple isn't always easy. I was actually just talking to somebody about this week. It's simple, but things aren't always going to feel easy in the moment. That's why a coach is so valuable. All right? Here's to creating the body and life you crave.